All right, so the thing you have to, you have to remember is uh, when Easter was first sort of announced, um, it wasn't wildly received. And so let me take you to the story where Jesus is uh, explaining this to the disciples, Matthew um, 16. This is Jesus, he pulls the disciples up, they go to the uh, very northern part uh, of Israel, sort of a, away from everybody, kind of away from the crowd, and, and, and Jesus says to the disciples, you know, who, who do you, people say that I am, you know, and, uh, and they, they say, well, you know, some think you're Elijah, the prophets, some think, and then Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ, you're the Christ. And, uh, and Jesus says to him, you know, you, you got it, you know, and this wasn't revealed, this was revealed to you by my father. And, and so they had this moment. And then it says at that time, um, Jesus tells the disciples that from this time on, he was going to suffer and he was going to die and he was going to be raised again. And here was the reaction. Oh, that'll be great. I mean, we can have celebrations. We could get bunnies involved. There could be eggs. Could, the, get the kids dressed up, right? I mean, this was the first reaction. This was Peter. This was, Peter's answer is never. Never. Let's say it together. Ready? Never. You ever say never? Don't we even have a saying in our culture, never say, never say never, because you don't know. Peter says never. How interesting, first of all, is that in one breath you could get it and not get it. There is Peter, he got it, you're the Christ, and then he didn't get it. So for many of us, we resist the resurrection, and I think that what Peter did is actually still going on today. And I think it's obvious. Here's why. Every great idea starts as a bad idea. Think about it. Every great idea. I'm not talking about an okay idea. I'm talking about a great idea. Starts as a bad idea. Anybody ever have a really good idea and someone right away goes, nope, that's not going to work. Nope, that's no good. No, you shouldn't do that. The great ideas start as bad ideas. I mean, what did Peter hear when he heard that from Christ? He, what did he hear? I'm going to suffer and die. That's what Peter heard. We call it selective hearing, isn't it? Anybody have that in your house? Huh? You didn't hear the resurrection part. You just heard that you're going to die part. And by the way, resurrection is not great because to get to resurrection, you got to what? You got to die to get to it. So ready? Here's our plans. Everybody look here. Here's our plans. Our plans are neither. We don't want the death or the resurrection. You say, oh, no, I'm here. I'm all dressed up, Chris. No, no, no. You don't want death. You just want what? You just want, but here's what Jesus pointed to, and this is what so many people maybe miss in the greater story of Easter. Easter's not just about one little event that happened, or you could call it one big event, although it wasn't really a big event in in that day. 
There were two other guys crucified, you know, life went on. Resurrection points to the reality, right? Points to how life itself works. Things die, and then they come back again. The sun sets, and then what? It rises. We have four seasons, right? The leaves fall, things start to die, they go dormant, or we'd we'd say they die, whatever perception is, and then the next day or the next spring, you pray like crazy and someday, right? It's going to blossom to life again. And so what Jesus taught us was much bigger than his own personal resurrection, but the reality of how resurrections work in general. Now think about this. Later on, Jesus says to him, you know, this is how it's going to work. And then he tells the disciples, unless you lose your life, you will never, what? Find it. Unless you lose your life, you will never. Now, this does not sell well. That's why, if you remember Jesus' ministry, I mean, it was actually, they kind of had a love-hate relationship with Jesus, right? They loved him for the fact that they'd see these miracles, they would see these things, and then he would say things like this, you have to die to live. Unless you lose your life, you'll never find it. And trust me, look, look here, when things are going great in your life, you can't hear this. You can't hear this message. You just can't hear it. You just keep pointing to other Bible verses that, nope, it's always going to be good. Every day is going to be amazing. You can't hear. You can't receive these words. But if you've had some difficulty or some trouble or some death or some loss, all of a sudden you can hear it in a new way. You can start to appreciate that things die and then they live again. That resurrection is how it all really works. And then Jesus says, if you lose your life, That's when you will find it. But we all resist the resurrection because we don't like what comes in front of it. After a while, you know, as we grow, we start to face the facts. Paul started to learn this as well. Paul said in his section that he writes about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians 15. He goes, I die every day. I die every day. What does that mean? He means that there's every single day he faces something that's not going to work out the way that he thought it would, the way he wanted it. Has anybody else found this? He says, I face these beasts And you and I face things every single day, and you're like, man, that didn't work out. Anybody been there? Man, that didn't turn out the way I thought. Man, that's not going the way I thought it would go. And so when you get to those points, you have options. Let me explain it. Maybe I can explain it this way. We'll start over here. And over here, this is extreme. Let's say way on this side, this is the victim. 
This is the person that something happens in life and they start to feel bad for themselves. Oh, it's so terrible. And and I don't know why this always happens to me. And I never get a break. And this is so terrible. And they just talk to all their friends about how bad they've been treated and why it didn't work out. Now, just a quick show of hands. Has anyone here ever gotten a bad deal? Put your hand up. Put your, keep them up. Look around. What are, we, what are we learning? It happens to what? Everybody. Do we want to hear about that? No, not, not really. I mean, if we're your real close friends, we want to hear about it for a couple of days. How many know? Give you, if it's really bad, we'll give you a week, right? But in other words, but some people take this on. And look, it becomes their identity. I'm a victim. It's so bad. You looked around. Everybody here, I don't know if I ta- tried to talk you into that, but I think everybody here genuinely feels like, no, I'm sure I got the bad deal at one time. I, I got overlooked. But you, when, you're, when it's happening to you, what do you think? Ah, you, you're like, we're, we're, aren't we? We're little kids. We stomp our feet. We hit our keyboards. We, why is this happening to? We look around. We think everybody else. It just happened to me. And the victim. Think of all the negative emotions that go with the victim. I shouldn't be treated this way. Why did, my, why did this happen to me? Let's go way over here. This, this over here, I'm gonna, this is the victor, but I'm going to put victor in quotes. This is the villain. This is the person that says, oh, it's not going to happen to me. You don't know me. You know what I'm talking about? You don't know me. Right? The, I, and, and this is, I'm, I, I know, I got a lawyer, I got this, I got that, I got, you know what I'm talking about? I got family, I, this, this ain't going to happen to me. And say, so I'm going to take control of the situation. And the, the villain takes whatever power they have. They push people around. They control a lot of situations. And they, what they believe is they're going to use their power and their strength to get what they want in life. Here's what I think. Most of us, most of us have played both of these at some time in our life. Hmm? It just depends on how much power you have. Because if you got the power, you play this one. Why not? Why not push a few people around? Huh? Why not get your way? And then if you can't, you go way over here to the victim, to the moaning and the whining and the, oh, it's so terrible and I can't believe the way. You know, the Facebook sob story. So where do we live? Where do we live? We follow Jesus, right? Where did he live? Not the victim. He made clear, I'm not a victim. They're not taking my life. I'm what? Laying it down. They're not taking it. I'm going to be a victim. Was he the victor or the villain? No. 
You live by the sword, you what? I'm not going to power up. Talk about resources, huh? Talk about, re- huh? You ever been around somebody that's very well resourced? Have you? I mean, it can be fun, huh? You know what I mean? Say, yeah, don't worry about it. You know. Lost $400 at the craps table. Don't worry about it, bro. Wow, right? This happened. Oh, don't worry. I know a guy. He'll fix that. Come be honest. We like resources. Jesus was well resourced. But he didn't play that either. It was this. Nevertheless, not my will, but what? Yours be done. I use another word. He he volunteered. He volunteered to participate in something that was way bigger. I honestly think this is really the picture of our life. And we get to choose how we want to react. Really isn't life about reacting? I mean, we think it's about like what we, but really life is about reacting. Well, this happened. Victim, victor, volunteer. Nevertheless, nevertheless, Paul goes, I die daily. See, great ideas are bad ideas in the beginning. We just resist. We resist the resurrection. Huh? I'm trying to, I'm, I'm right now trying to resurrect, right? I'm trying to resurrect my body. I'm trying to get so I can handle the summer. And, you know, I'm trying. I, go to, I went to the gym. I went to the gym, and there was a, there was a person there, like a trainer, and it's a boxing-type gym. And, you know, I, I mean, I can't help but think, like, I used to do this. Does anybody emphasis on used to do this, right? And when you work out, right, and then they're, 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 they're doing, like, rounds, and you got to go, 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 and they're, they're screaming at you, and they're yelling, and you're just going and going and going, and the next day... Is anybody with me about the next day? I mean, I couldn't tie my shoe. I couldn't tie my shoes. It was like 30 degrees. Like, why are you wearing flip-flops? Like, it's a... It's looking forward to spring. That's all. Looking forward to spring. But if you've ever been around that community, right? They have a saying that's, that's embedded in the, in the workout community. No pain, no gain. We know this. We know that somehow not being able to lift a cup of coffee without your hands shaking is somehow doing something good for you. Is, is this true? Like, everything inside you goes, this is not good. This is not good. I'm not going back for... Peter goes, what's Peter say? What's his word? Never. Never. I'm not doing that. We're not doing that. Never. I mean, that's what, anybody with me? Like, it's, it's late, late, late summer in Michigan, and the days are starting to get shorter, and the nights are getting cooler, and you're out on the water, and you're screaming, never, right? <laughs> uh, no, no. Anybody, anybody with me? Just never. Every fall, I scream, never. 
I live in false reality in the fall. I pretend it's summer. My boat's in in November. What am I screaming? Never. Never surrender to winter, right? But what do we know? It comes around. We naturally resist resurrection because we resist what comes in front of it. The dying. The letting go. If I could today, I would just like to ask you a couple of questions. Maybe you can ask them to yourself and of yourself. Ready? What has died in your life? What has died? What old way of thinking? What old relationship? What old dream? What old treasure? But the reality is, it's, it's, it has died. And sometimes we are like the women that come to the tomb and we, we got our spices and, we, we, you know, we're holding on to the past. Instead of waiting for the resurrection... Here's another question. What needs to die? You know that too. What's that thing that you won't let go of? And it needs to die. It, it needs to. It, it's time to. It's, 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 it's the moment to let go. Christ pointed us to something much deeper. Paul talked about resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15. I want to read a slice from you. This is a message Bible, so it's a paraphrase, but I think it helps. It helped me because if we aren't careful, we all buy into Tim McGraw. Skydiving, bull riding, Rocky Mountain, what? what? What what is that? That's that's literally that is literally from 1 Corinthians 15 it says if there is no resurrection we eat, we drink, right? Because tomorrow we what? Die. This is a saying over and over again that was thousands of years old and they said if there is no resurrection, if there's nothing else, you just got to you got to sw- not Trust me, if there's ever been a guy that's trying to eat up all of life. But if you buy into the idea that that's it, when this thing is over, there is no hope. When this relationship dies, when this body goes into the grave, whenever, if, if you believe that it's over right then and there, then you better get some skydiving in. I know some of you are like, don't mess with Tim McGraw. Was it, did I even have the right guy? All right, so we're like, all right. No, trust me, the emails, oh my word. (laughs) 
He goes, if, if there's no rest, then that's exactly what you do. You got to get every ounce out of everything. And, and I mean, here's the reality. Here is the reality. We never can get every ounce out of everything. That's just the reality. Like, oh, you didn't, ma- I, I know, I know, I slept in. Oh, you didn't get straight A's. I know, C pluses. Oh, you didn't have the, I know. So Paul writes, some skeptic is sure to ask, show me how resurrection works. Give me a diagram. Draw me a picture. Do you love it? Isn't that us? I need the details. What does this resurrection body look like? Paul says, if you, if you look at this question closely, you realize how absurd this question really is. There are no diagrams for this sort of thing. We do have a parallel experience in gardening. You plant a dead seed, quote, dead. You plant a dead seed, and soon there is a flourishing plant. There is, listen to this, there is no visual likeness between seed and plant. Wouldn't you say that's true? There's no visual likeness. You could never guess what a tomato would look like by looking at a tomato seed. What we plant in the soil and what grow out of it don't look anything alike. The dead body we plant in the ground and the resurrection body that comes will be drastically different. I think we resist resurrection because we haven't fully bought into how it all really works. And so Paul was grappling, trying to get people to understand this is how it works. Jesus was trying to get the disciples to understand this is how it works. But we resist. And we resist because we don't believe that there's life in dying. We don't believe that there's gain in losing. But little by little, these things happen to us in life. And we start to realize, you know what? Maybe there is. Maybe when you lose that job, you realize you didn't like it anyway. Maybe when you let go of that certain thing, you found you could, you could reach out to something that was so much better. So what I'd like to do, we're going to share the Lord's Supper together. I want to I lead us in, in three prayers, Okay. And so here's the, here's the three prayers that I want to lead us in. Um, they're not complicated. People make a lot about prayer and make it really complicated. I'm going to make it really simple, all right? Um, first prayer is thank you. First prayer is thank you. Let's practice. One, two, three. Thank you. Like you care and matter. One, two, three. Thank you. We're going to thank God for... His grace, His love. The story of Easter is the story of love and how love wins and how you are loved.
no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you're loved. Thank you, God, for your grace. Grace is somehow like divine assistance. It's God's help in our life. And sometimes it's visible to us, and sometimes it's not visible to us. One person said God's grace is like, like a little child that swims with water wings, you know? And they don't even realize that they're there. But it's the, they're, 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 they're keeping them buoyant. It's that God's, we're unaware. This is so important. We're unaware of his assistance that buoys us up every single day. Scripture says it's by grace that we're saved. It's by grace that we live. It's by his, God's divine assistance. And this is so important. Everybody, stop today trying. Listen, look. Stop today trying to earn God's love. Just the day to stop. You don't need to. He already loves you. There's nothing you can do today, right now, that can make God love you more, love you less. You can't earn it. The other day I was looking for a package. It was a very important package. It was supposed to come to my house. It didn't come. So, you know, I called the person that was sending it. And like, no, no, you know, we sent it. No, we sent it. Like, really? He said, well, let me get the tracking number. Let me find out. And... Um, I'm talking to him on the phone. He goes, well, I'm I'm almost sure that I'm almost sure it should be there. He's like, do you have like a side door or something? And I go, oh, actually, I have a front door that's like a side door I never use, right? I have a front door that has a couch in front of it because how the house, I don't know, didn't make any sense to me. So it's literally barred off with a couch. Guess where my package was? Right there at the front door. Right where it was supposed to be. It was delivered, but it wasn't received. Right? There's nothing, nothing I can do to earn or deserve or to work. It was already there. In other words, you can't do anything else for something you already have. You already have God's grace. It's right there. It's at the front door. So we just start with thank you. As we share the Lord's Supper, it's thank you. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. The next prayer is please. Lord, please. And this is the cry of your heart. This is the thing that's happening inside of you. This is the thing that you're worried about. This is the thing that Jesus prayed, right? Let this suffering pass from me. He taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. This is what I need. This is what's on my heart. This is what's on my mind. And the thing about that prayer, listen very carefully, listen. The thing about that prayer is not that God's going to go, oh, I had no idea. I'm so glad you brought that up. This is important because I think some people think that that's how they pray. That's how the whole system works. Jesus was clear. He's like, he knows before you've spoken a word. He knows. But what does it do for us? This is 
See, I think prayer is not what it does for God. It's for what it does for us. By getting this out. This is, Lord, this is, this is what's on my heart. This is what I need. This is what I feel I need. This is what I'm struggling with. Please. And the last prayer is, yes. You got it? It's not hard. One, two, three. Yes. Yes is the opposite of never. Peter says never. We're saying yes. Yep. Yes. Yes to your well to your way. Yes to resurrection. Yes to the future. Yes to hope. Yes to people that I don't like. Yes to people I don't understand. Yes to a good future. Yes. Because uh, it's going to be hard for a couple of you know people out there. You can go, go rent the movie Yes Man, right? Jim Carrey tonight. After you do the religious movie, then watch Yes Man. Yes, yes. Stop saying no. Never. It's not going to work out. No, I don't want... No, that's, that's, that's staying stuck. That's staying stuck. That's not how it works. It's, it's constant renewal. It's constant rebirth. It's constant God bringing in something better. You have to say yes. Yes. One, two, three. Yes. yes. Not never. Don't say never. Don't say no. Say yes. Jesus brought in a whole new realm of living. If I had time, I'd hold another half of the message, but I'll start it next week when I do the thing on peace. But it was, it was they were pointing to, there was a parallel in John's gospel between the resurrection and the story of Genesis. There's tons of them. And, and John was saying, this is the new beginning. You got to say yes. God has new beginnings for you. You got to say yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Please. And yeah, let's do it together. Ready? Thank you. Please. Yes. You got it. Don't resist the resurrection in your life.